0: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. While generally considered safe for work by way of content, some language may be considered offensive by more sensitive viewers or listeners.
1: Existence, the physical universe, is basically a play. There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at.
0: This is Keep Your Hat On, a show by three nerdy nobodies and one nerdy kinda somebody about nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is brought to you by the Narrowband Broadcast Network. NBBN, the focus is on you. By Andrew Scott Media, making your media matter. And by the kind support of KYHO fans everywhere via Patreon. Patreon, create on your own terms. Coming up on this episode, the boys roll in as false dots the uh, Fallen. Ah, well, truth is, they're rocking up with no real theme to start. But we do get to see and hear Andy's new mic, Ty's forest weather report, Chris's views on influencers, and Dr. Mark's discovery of the origin of the word nerd. And don't forget kids, etymology is just an N away from bugs.
1: That was a little weird.
0: Anyways, I'm your announcer, Richard Cranium. Now let's get whatever the hell this is started. Here's the hats, Andy, Ty, Dr. Mark, and Paris Hilton's defender at large, Chris. Whatever, three, two, and hello, and I nearly introduced the wrong podcast. You guys were almost on Booth to Booth. Hi, everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to Keep Your Hat On, the show we're held. We don't even know where we are right now because we're doing this at a slightly different time. I'm Andrew Scott, of course, along with my good friends. Ty Robert Anthony, Christopher Vacano and Dr. Mark Peterson. And I thought we were on
1: booth to booth, Andy. What's right? Up, I, I know.
0: You guys okay. haven't you guys haven't rated that show yet. Um, <laughs> we we were just sitting here talking all about <laughs> well, microphones. No, you guys don't rate. Don't worry yeah, about is it. Which something it's, I, know I know nothing, nothing
1: at all about, so that's what I asked.
0: And I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sitting behind a stupid expensive microphone that I got effectively for nothing, so this is an official Flex. I am totally okay. Uh, Part of the reason why I'm using this, though, is because it's the one that's connected. But, um, you know, I think I'll start off by saying, uh, on my behalf, this show is dedicated to my late brother, David Montgomery, who uh, passed away back in September uh, unexpectedly. Uh, Dave, uh, my brother, was always somebody who really supported me in wanting to do professional voiceover and was really excited that I started getting traction and Mm -hmm. listened to us every once in a while, but kind of had problems with some of our liberal bent. Um, But uh, I miss my brother and I love my brother and I'll see you on the other side, boss. Okay. Um, Other than that, everything here is hinky. How's
1: everything with you all? Oh, we got cold this week. We got cold today. Oh, did it you get a snap? Cold. It's, yeah, it's like fifty degrees outside. Finally, oh. <laughs> yeah, like that was eighty degrees the other day. But hey, you know, global weirding is what's happening, and there you are. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think, awesome. I'm
0: I'm running off with that term, global weirding, because I don't, I don't even know what the fuck is going on anymore. New York is underwater. Um, the fires in France <laughs> and Spain, and it, it's just. We've well, broken this place so bad. It's, yeah, it's the word it's apocalypse is already taking at so. this point. Right? Yeah, it 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 is chaos. You're right, Chris. It is just so awkward. Ty, what did you? You were out last weekend doing the mushroom
1: thing. Oh, you were out there,
0: yeah, yeah. What is out
2: there tomorrow as well?
0: Yeah. But, what um, was it? Was what was I going mean, on the, weatherwise there? And to, to well, be descriptive had- for our to be descriptive for our audience, you're not super far out into the weeds when you go mushroom hunting. You're still in the Willamette oh, no. Valley.
2: No. Where are you going? No, I'm going to the Tillamook Forest. I'm going deep into Tillamook Forest. Oh, that's right. Till, the okay. That the last time that it burned was in 1939.
0: Yeah, yeah. Almost
2: almost took out the whole. (laughs) Stop it!
0: What are you doing, Mark? My Um, God, we don't have the capital for another fire. Jesus! Don't you need to vacuum the woods? Wasn't that the thing that you know? Yeah, Yeah. raking up the raking up the forest.
2: That forest should go back up. It will run into Washington County and possibly into Portland. Yeah, our, das- das- our our
0: Washington oh, right County, there. Washington County is right next door to us in yeah. in we're in Multnomah County, but yeah, you're right, Ty. If that ever really does. Wind up... But yeah, you're right, Ty. If that ever really does wind up. And Being it's a, a conflagration box. it is yeah a
2: complete tinderbox the cool thing is is it burnt over in 1939 and so uh the chanterelles generally oh. like that environment of oh. a past burn yeah so, uh but last week last week we were just starting to see the buttons come out um the floor was was moist uh, but we weren't getting any precipitation that day or that week, actually. Yeah. Um, and so it was really nice. We had, no, we had a few days of rain the week, the week before.
0: Yeah, the week before three was when rain. we had that three days worth of off and on rain. Yeah. But that's, and that
2: was enough to just okay. kind of dampen the force and keep the, the, you know, you want that um, 70, 60 degree and yeah. humid. Because
0: humid down in the 50s, right. down in the 50s is too cold. They won't fruit. Over 75
2: once they get going, no fruit. Well, yeah, but I'm feed. talking about
0: yeah, but um, you came out, you came out pretty much with nothing, and you know what that means. I don't have any mushrooms. Uh. Well,
2: I, I think, I think, um, given that they were just starting to pop out, um, and provided that it didn't get too hot up there, but generally. You take the temperature down here and anywhere from 10 to 12 degrees, subtract. And as long as we stayed in the 70s up there, um, I think we're gonna have good luck. This,
0: I didn't realize there was mushroom math. I did, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's yeah. just temperature. It's all right, you know, Andy, just
3: if, if, if you're really desperate for a mushroom fix, I got a couple of big portobello caps in my fridge that I'd be glad to run over. To uh
0: that's bed. okay. I, uh, we've one of the other fun things that I'm dealing with right now is, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been told that I am on the edge of prediabetes and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Blood Glucose Monitor now, um, oh, and, uh, <clears throat> have gone back into low carb living, nice. dropped about, dropped about 45 pounds since Ooh. the beginning of the year. Oh, well, nice. yeah, but for me, that uh, quite often is a good dump. Uh but you know <laughs> having Thanks having lost image. No problem. Hey, that's what this show is about, right? I know. Um right. <laughs> having dropped over hundred and forty pounds at one point in my life, dropping 40, forty is not that big a deal. Deals. Listeners. exactly right all of indy is gone now um (laughs) just on the um, dumb
2: comment alone we're
0: we're we're going back uh heather and i are going back pretty pretty heavy into low carb (laughs) and so uh it's uh, also
1: good for you though too right i mean it's like your cooking fixations this should be just you know fun and and games for you right
0: Well, that's interesting that you kind of bring that angle up, because one of the things that I'm bringing back into my life from my Zen practice is not having fun with cooking is to just once again, turn food into sustenance and practice gratitude towards it. Not a celebration Uh, of I'm going to because I put myself in this place, you know, I topped out. Uh, at the beginning of the year at about 288 pounds again, which is about a whole Andes extra that should not be riding around on my 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 meat cycle. Um, and really one of the best times that I ever had with food was when Ty and I... We're studying actively with our two teachers, Hogan and Bay's, uh, both Roshis. And we're eating in a style that's referred to in Zen practice as Oryuki, which stands for just enough. We get three bowls mm. and a set of chopsticks and a little spoon and a spatula in our meal kits. And it's a, it's a lovely, lovely way to eat. The person on your left serves you and then they hand you the food and you serve the person on your right. And then there's a whole ritualized hand motion thing that goes along with it. But really what it does is it just encourages you to eat right up until the point where you think you're going to be Mm. sated and then fucking stop eating. And that's really, that's my problem. I'm a a compulsive overeater. It comes to that uh,
2: otherwise known as, when you're hungry, stop eating.
0: Yeah, which is, uh, you know, to be fair, kind of revolutionary in our <laughs> in this in culture. Our it's a no no, right? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of
2: funny that you mentioned it, Andy, because I've been, um, while I haven't been as heavy as you revisiting that, I have recently in the past weeks started being more mindful. Mm-hmm. I fall, then I need to stop. Yeah right? I don't need to eat that whole pulled pork sandwich. Half of it fills me up. Let's save the other half for later.
0: Yeah. And that's the exact same thing that Heather and I are doing. You know, I mean, the the good news about going back to ketogenic eating is ribeyes are on the menu again. And there are Mm. very few people on earth that make a ribeye as good as I do. (laughs) By the way, remind me to share my ribeye making trick with you guys. It will change your life and blow your mind and make people fall
1: in love with you. Well, 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 we're, we're here right now, Andrew. Dry your steaks out. When
0: I was cooking at Skelly's Truck Stop in, you know, (laughs) in Slinger, uh, I was taught by a guy named Bruce. Bruce used to run his own steakhouse, uh, which at the time, I believe, Mark, this will matter to you, um, was kind of quietly owned by the Balistrieri family. Oh, right. Oh. Okay. So we'll just leave that alone. And let's
1: please. Just, let's just you know. mention
0: the word family.
1: There. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, La, yeah. La cosa nostra. Say this, no more. Oh,
1: very nice people, by the way. I'm just gonna say. Yes, so go uh, ahead. Please. You
0: have to say the escape yeah, <laughs> thing that brother. we do. Um, but anyways, Bruce uh had to sell his place, I think, in a hurry. Um, but <laughs> yeah. this is back in the day, and um he was just like, Let me teach you how to cook a steak the way they do in a steakhouse. And the thing that most people make a terrible mistake about, pun intended, is they get that steak and they immediately put it on heat. Oh. Couple things. Number one, people mistake juiciness. Juiciness is not red. Juiciness is clear liquid. And clear liquid means melted fat. You want to get the water out of your steak. You want to get the blood out of your steak. The best thing to do, and number one, if you're cooking a steak that's less than an inch, fucking shame on you. Why are you eating that trash? Uh Everything should be an inch to an inch and a half thick. The thicker, the better. Take it out of your fridge. The morning of the night, you're going to eat a steak. Put it between three or four paper towels. Let it come to room temperature. The E. coli is not going to come get you. It's not chicken. And let that liquid leach out of that steak. Hmm. Then putting a room temperature steak on a screaming hot cast iron skillet. No pepper ever. Pepper burns. You can salt it. That's all. Salt, you got to get salt to like 1800 degrees before it melts. Hmm. So salt is fine. But then... 90 seconds on one side, flip it over, 90 seconds on the other side. Don't poik, you know, do the moving around thing. Leave it alone. Have your oven up to 500 degrees. And then the, the other thing, and I still don't understand this every kitchen should have at least two thermometers. They should have an instant read thermometer and they should have a probe thermometer. You take that probe thermometer. You put it into the center of the steak. You put that steak in the oven, and you pull it out when it is 130 degrees internal temperature. Sounds right. Yeah. Then the last cardinal sin that people do is they pull that steak out and they cut it right away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It is just gonna finish. It's gonna bleed out. That should sit there for ten minutes, unmolested, and the the (laughs) other the right. The other big tip: probe that,
2: thermometer and, and molest, uh, right, all I, the last right,
0: right because, it, well, because it's still cooking, right? Yeah. It's it's still finishing off the perfect medium rare temperature is 135 degrees. Mm-hmm. You pull it at 130, it's going to go up to 135, 136 degrees on its own, just finishing off. It will yeah, be perfect. Yep. The last great cardinal sin is now taking that steak and putting it on a cold plate. Think about walking into an ice-cold pool. What happens? Yeah, everything. Shrinkage. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just toss your your plates in the microwave for 45 seconds, and then when everything is nice and warm, plate stuff up. But the interesting thing about that is I could polish off a tomahawk ribeye on my own. That's three pounds of meat. Oh, yeah. So Heather and I are getting to the point now where one ribeye, we share it. And our thing is we're trying to do three times the amount of vegetables as we do protein. Oh, that sounds good. That's it. I've
2: got three pounds
0: of meat. In, oh, uh, it still sounds delightful. Meat. I mean, you don't give a me <laughs> well, What was the problem again? Well, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. exactly. Where's the issue? Um, <clears throat> but, you know, trying to, trying to get, because like I woke up this morning with 120 blood sugar. After a full night's sleep, well, not a full night's sleep, because I've been waking up early because my blood sugar's high, and I'm just trying to get a handle on this. I got to go up to my doctor back or next in December because he wants to check my A1C, and that
1: takes yeah. three months. That's the, what you know, A1C stuff should, t- should take the edge off all that, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that's kind you of you have insulin resistance is inbound now. That's what the problem. I right? think that's really yeah. what's going on. Um, you know,
0: and and my big my big bad thing is uh, snacking in bed. That's kind of like my mental and emotional reward. Mm-hmm. And we've gone a little hard into the paint on that the last couple nights, even when it's been <laughs> ke- knock it off, even when it's been like keto treats, like nuts and Swiss cheese and stuff like that, mm. eating and having your, your body while it's digesting, as you're falling asleep is just terrible for you. So we're, trying to figure out a path well, forward.
3: Yeah, I mean a big part of it is it fucks up your sleep. Well, I mean, because because your body's your body's trying to trying to process and burn energy w- w- at a time when your body should be down tuned hmm. and
0: sleeping recovering i don't know i think maybe i just need to eat an entire turkey every night so i get the tryptophan <laughs> bonus Tryptophan. yeah I'll tell you what we're again this is going to be absolutely aimless we're going to be back in just a second on the other side of this break who the fuck knows what's going to happen i'm andy that's chris that's mark that's ty wear the hats we will be back don't go anywhere except for maybe the fridge there okay all right bye back gosh that felt like no time at all almost um, <laughs> uh, i think this is just turning into middle age whinging uh this episode which I'll i think speak is for yourself okay. john right okay. well you know from our last episode having said goodbye to uh jimmy buffett and having my brother pass uh you know jimmy buffett's last admonition on twitter before he passed was this grown old ain't for sissies and god knows he's right um that's right. But uh, you know one of the things we were talking <laughs> about pre-show was um this idea of we all consider ourselves to one flavor or another uh nerds. Nerds of a feather as we would say. I I a geek. Well, th- that's interesting because there are there are differences in those two models of living, I guess. And uh, and I, you know, I always understood the word "geek" comes from the old carnival term uh, right. for, you know, like uh, in our generation it was Zippy the Pinhead, right? You know. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, i miss Zippy. Right? Um, wow,
3: God, that, that, that's a great memory.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a long <laughs> lockdown down memory lane. That one is. But um, Mark, you said you discovered where the term, where the word nerd comes from
1: so you know my own inner nerd is that i will look up the words when i don't know where they're from hey man
0: philosophy philology they're not that far apart right L. it's like bugs
1: and word origins exactly well there's an
0: argument
3: that words shape our reality i mean
1: well we'll get there anyway sure um nerd oh this is this is priceless so um uh okay i'm just gonna read the etymological dictionary here A U.S. student slang, probably an alteration of the 1940s nerd, as in nerds, for a crazy person. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah, which was an alteration of nuts, somebody who's nuts, and then a question of, oh, he's nerds. But wait, wait, wait. wait. This is priceless. The word turns up in 1950 in Dr. Zeus's If I Ran the Zoo.
0: Oh holy shit Kate. Wow. Really? Isn't that one, satisfying on a level one, you just didn't yeah, anticipate? Wow. One more thing we are I'm all sure desperately uh, grateful for Theater Geisel for. Oh, well, uh, let's
1: just do that real quick. Uh, favorite Dr. Zeus book, uh, Andy? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, mine is uh, mine is diff- definitely Cat in the Hat. I'm sorry, I'm a complete nutter wow. classicist that way. Wow. I mean, well, I also have it in Latin. So <clears throat> Wow, crazy Chris. Um, wow, you caught me off
3: guard with that question. Can you come back to me? Um, <laughs> You re- you really need order to, the fries. Pay, right, yeah, I, I do. Come... I do. I need to think about that. Do you have one? I haven't given much green thought to Doctor Seuss in a long time.
0: Oh, uh, green eggs and ham. Yeah, and that's interesting because that's probably close to what we're having for dinner tonight. That's, that's my favorite too. <laughs> would
2: be Horton. <clears throat> Horton yeah. Here's uh, who? Uh, yep. uh, number uh,
1: number one is green eggs and ham, and I still I remember uh, Jesse Jackson. Uh, oh, on I, saturday night amazing. live if i
0: can if i can we're put getting it, in, it right now it in. Yeah. yeah i actually to the latter-day saint seuss you do not like green eggs and ham i do not like them sam i am oh, yeah ham.
1: i actually exactly. wept when he did that it was like it was because so good it was it's reverend so- jackson reading you know
0: it uh, didn't <laughs> Uh, I will not
3: eat as, them as, with a fox? Uh, 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 Didn't somebody, as part of a filibuster, read that into the congressional? Very likely.
0: I likely? Uh, yeah. likely. I'll put money on that. If not, um, hopefully, we'll get that opportunity yeah, in but, this. Conversation. Oh, and by it, the way, so me, and
1: starbellied starbelly sneeches is, is my number two. Ooh,
0: that's yeah. a, that's um, nice. more of a deep cut. I respect. Oh, yeah. that. that is a deep yeah. cut. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Have you got it? For me, for me it's the Lorax. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. speak for the trees. Right. Good yeah lad. I actually think um, they did a pretty nice job on that Lorax movie that came out, what, now it's got to be about 10 years ago wow. or something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah, no, I thought, they, at least. I thought they, they treated it very well. And what was it? Was it Ed Asner that was doing the voice, I think? <laughs> it would be perfect. But I don't remember uh, that. Right? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think know. it was. I think you're right. But this this whole idea of nerddom. and Danny DeVito. He, um, it was Danny, Danny, that DeVito. was it. Thank you very much. And he was he was flawless and the, and, and it wasn't a stretch. No, get, get it. Stretch tight. Uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Thanks, Chris. I needed backup for that. Oh, wow. um, oh don't be hanging your head in shame, Ty. <laughs> Come on. That was a, that was, that was tossed up to me to hit out of here. But, um, yeah. you know, I, there's something, there's something gratifying about being, and I mean, I'm, Preaching to the choir and selling past the close here to you guys. Mm. There's something really gratifying about being a lifelong learner. And I think that that's something mm. that is missing from culture now and missing from the zeitgeist. This idea of, I'm, well, and here, the other side oh. has gotten a hold of it. Do your research, man. To um, sea lioning, I know that which
3: word. is which is totally <laughs> meaningless. I mean, what what that Absolutely. translates to is go read the same bullshit I'm reading, or right. go watch yeah. the same bullshit yeah. videos yeah. I'm watching, and Do then you'll get it. And
0: then then they'll send you a bunch of links to some spurious bullshit with high production value. Yeah. Um, you know, and th- that's it's something amazing that I'm... how
1: much of that there is around. By the way, because it's like uh, when when stuff happens out there in the political sphere, my Instagram feeds suddenly get filled with unbelievably well-produced like house you know soccer moms who like to my mind you know clearly not really a soccer mom but you know soccer moms complaining about you know earnestly about whatever it's amazing how fast that stuff hits the market well this is part
3: of the phenomena of if you're talking about instagram i mean i think what you're what you're brushing up against is this phenomena that i've only recently learned about which is mom fluencers
1: (laughs) yeah Oh, how many influencers can there fit on a head of a oh, pin?
3: Well, yeah, <laughs> and there you know, go. I mean, that's that's a whole that's a whole can of worms. That... You know,
0: I'm I'm really mindful of that though. In that, in one of my other hats that I wear, uh, you know, I'm I'm I guess I'm an influencer. Am I an influencer? I'm you know I'm an I'm an educator for voiceover uh, production on YouTube, yeah. and. Well. You know the the thing to me that is i'm I'm really both mindful and nervous of is the, this this phenomena that if you want to get if you want to really generate interest on something like YouTube, and I, I guess i I'll have to say YouTube because it's the only video sharing platform that matters, frankly. um. You know, there's a certain, look, I started out my YouTube channel shooting on my phone in a box wrapped with mattress toppers. Is this thing on? Are you
1: on? You're on. Okay.
0: And, um, you know, in order to keep growing, and I often reference this in my videos, um, I had to spend a ridiculous amount of money to look like some kid playing Minecraft in his mom's basement. (laughs) Right. And, but the thing is, is that actually matters. Um, and, and, and in this world that we live in now that I am, I'm hyper aware of, um, you know, metrics and analytics and like learning on our videos, on the KYHO videos, when do people dial out? What are the parts where Uh, they fast forward and watch again or listen to? Um, this this whole thing of a, a, a hack intellect mm-hmm. buys the right equipment and there's a there is an embaked credibility that comes with the right look. And that's dangerous sure. as fuck. And I mean the, the, well. the greatest example of that is Alex Jones. I mean sure. that absolute <laughs> nut job. Had yeah. enough money to to set himself up in a high quality visual environment to, to make it look like a news set to yeah. make it look like he knew what he was talking about that level of of I I don't it's not credential that's just it it's it's, it's packaging all, it is it is absolutely packaging but just you know, so long it, as you look slick people will dial uh, in.
3: Okay, so so Andy you uh, you started this off expressing some reservation that that maybe you're drifting into the influencer area and here's why I would say you are exactly not an influencer.
0: Good save me, Chris, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: uh, because you have done the work. You actually and and you teach. You you are working from a place of substantive knowledge. Influencers are ultimately ultimately postmodern they are there is no there yeah there.
1: yeah
0: it is, is literally that, is it, sound and vision I
1: mean, for the sake of empty sound shell. and
3: vision they are packaging with nothing in it so this and, is this and, is
1: the old complaint about celebrity right which are people who are famous for being famous being famous. the kardashians yes, exactly. right yep. and that's what an yep.
3: influencer is i mean it's based on the whole influencer concept really arose from paris hilton
0: yeah, who huh. interestingly enough has stepped away from that whole realm quite effectively. And oh, yeah. uh, to, to be fair, uh, Paris Hilton is a goddamn solid DJ. Is she really? she, is, she is very good on the decks. There and it has lot been to for her a long credit. time. I yeah. mean,
3: she's an incredibly savvy businesswoman. Oh yeah. Uh, you know she's she's not she's not a dipshit by any stretch.
0: No, um, and I think she started playing that on TV until it didn't serve her commercial purposes exactly. anymore. It
2: always interests me, right? So these people that are really, really intelligent and play really, really ditzy, or oh, yeah. um, a man that was uh, uh, a shyster who played a very, very business savvy. Uh,
0: <laughs> a great businessman. There is no example of that that people that. can reference yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean people like and, that
1: would get convicted of fraud you know eventually. you'd think, yeah right? well
3: i was gonna say there's not a sample of that where where that <laughs> bubble has been just massively popped no nope, i mean
1: no nope, not at all anyways
0: carry on ty <laughs>
2: um what was i gonna say uh we were we were talking about geeks and nerds yeah, yeah geeks mm-hmm. and nerds Well, and I
0: think there's a nexus point here, because I think a lot of what those influencers try to tap into is the rabbit hole phenomenon, is somebody somebody getting an inkling that there's something more to know and then blindly trusting YouTube and Google to feed them effective educational material that winds up at times being some Karen in, you know, in front of a green screen, looking have, good and sounding good, but not having anything in their
1: sandwich. I might've shared yeah. this with you guys. This just triggered this memory. Did I ever, did I tell you about my, my, uh, my mentor in the craft, Bill, uh, Bob Perkins, uh, I remember him posting, uh, copying and, uh, passing along a meme on Facebook. This is like, 15 years ago. And it was that thing where uh, go out and look to at Mars tonight because it's gonna be as close as That's the moon. Mars- right. Do you remember yeah. this thing? Did I yeah. tell you what Bob said about this? No. Okay, so he posts this thing up and he said, Boy, this is really something and unexpected. And I wrote him back and it was like I wrote him back, I said, Bob, you know that this is just bullshit, right? And I love Perkins' reaction. So he this was like fifteen years ago when he was 80 something, right? Right. Uh, uh one of the great Kierkegaard scholars of the twentieth century, just I know I've read it. in perspective, you me right? In the right? Direction. So anyway, but I said, uh, Bob, this is just you know bullshit. And Bob just and he looked, he goes, "Well, why would somebody do something that stupid?" <laughs> and it was like, I, God bless yeah. your heart, brother. You don't, you do not understand the internet. <laughs> no, exactly. And
0: you know, I I don't fault somebody so rooted in Kierkegaardian thought. Well, they're just reality, they were, I guess. You know, just it's too- it's. They were too trusting at the wrong time. Well, I why knew would we were you deliver
2: down this road when people thought "Born in the USA" was
0: around? Was a patriotic song. Well, yeah, we exactly. still there, aren't we? You know. Yeah, aren't we though? And uh, it, it, to me, it's really interesting that we. The, it's almost like, well, and here, the, I think one of the best examples that we have of this misinformation phenomena and rabbit holing is. Our former greatest quarterback in Green Bay, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers.
1: <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that one,
0: yep. or Aaron Rongers, I have been starting to refer yeah, is, to him now.
1: What did? Yeah, didn't he used to be quarterback in Green Bay?
0: Uh, something like that. Who knows? He's just. He's Didn't but, he used um, to play pro football? Is the real question ooh, you should ask. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's the rim shot
3: for and you. And not there.
1: too soon, by the way. Not no. a minute too no. soon. No. I uh, should say uh, not with, four with, minutes with too, too soon. Apologies
3: to the New York Jets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, you know, the um,
1: poor Jets. They even had an HBO special about him. They, oh, they did, know. exactly. And then. <laughs> the tears wow. of sorrow.
0: Look. So. <laughs> The thing about the thing about Rogers that really baffles me. I mean, if you look at his, if you look at his collegiate experience, I mean, he was fucking from Cal. Cal is notable for not simply passing athletic athletes out the door. They actually make you earn your fucking degree. Mm -hmm. And for somebody that has that level of education, to have essentially and i'm gonna i'm gonna lay this at the foot of joe rogan because joe rogan is really one of the best examples of a a a mildly smart guy going down the wrong hole pardon me um but you know this this thing where
1: (laughs) not that we're judging
0: uh, uh, oh, I am! I am so fucking judging. And boy, is um, he
3: going down to the wrong going down the wrong hole to all of America. Well, I mean, the thing
0: that I knew that Aaron Rodgers jumped the shark when he lost Danica Patrick as a girlfriend.
3: What is wrong How with you? How do you do that? Well, well not just you, what are not, you not thinking? Not just Danica Patrick, but um, oh, oh, it's uh, a, Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn. I mean,
0: dude. If, and if, if he,
1: they're if smarter he than he was. Maybe that them, threat, right. maybe that, that, was really that is exactly that where I was going with that.
0: It, yeah. I got a feeling that what we're seeing is some incredibly smart women going. Nah, you, you believe what? Wow,
3: this guy <laughs> this guy is not what he appears. <laughs> yeah. No.
0: And you know, uh, on 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 my other on my non zen side, on my my shamanistic traditions and animism Mm, side mm -hmm. for somebody like aaron Rodgers to to use his western white privilege to go and take ayahuasca and and, it didn't work no how what kind of ego do you have (laughs) that it stood up to ayahuasca that is that seriously that makes me go you are on a different
1: level son man i wondered about that it's like he came back and he goes back on rogan and it's like You know, the other indication, by the way, let me just get this little piece of Wisconsin uh, anger and uh, triggered animosity out of my system. Cheers to that. This sucker, if he had, so did he need another $100 million? I guess he did because he, you know, he had like $100 million in the last few years. Okay. Yeah. If he had retired from football and and, uh, uh, Chris and Ty, I don't know how to even describe how, what that means here, but just, you know, blow it up big. If he had retired as a Packer, we still venerate Reggie White, right? And he didn't, he just spent his, but it was because, so if he had quit as a Packer, had gone out as a Packer and made some comment about how great it was to have been a Green Bay Packer and he can't go someplace else after that experience, they would have put a fucking statue up to him next oh to the star. Oh my god! Yeah, he, 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 he would have been revered been,
0: as a god. Right? He and, could have. And, he literally could have walked out into the street on Lombard on Lombardy Avenue and shot somebody, and it'd have been okay. Sorry, have Can we <laughs> about that language, or, or, but,
1: Yeah. But no, no. He had to go to the. Well, I'm sorry. The Jets. Yeah. Okay. And I'm well, done now. Thank okay. you. No. Okay, and, but,
3: and you're right. But, <laughs> I want to. I want to point to something here, though, and that's that. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is. Is about Andy's and Tyson my age? Yeah, uh, maybe just a tick mm, younger. No, yeah. thirty-eight funny, guys. He's thirty younger. Yeah,
1: he's he's a lot thirty-eight. Younger. Chris, yeah, old.
3: Okay, he's quite a bit. He's yeah, the forties go a big, fast. There's a big difference. Thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. And okay, fast. it makes sense. He wouldn't be playing <laughs> football in his fifties. Point. <laughs> right. The point I'm about to make still stands. As a little kid, he, you know, I'm I'm sure was watching football. Was, oh yeah. Was watching oh. pro football. And he saw exactly the same thing we did as kids. Joe Montana, the mm. quarterback god of the NFL.
1: Arguably. Who, at the just time.
3: Like, just like you described, if he had retired at San Francisco, and the entire country wanted him to retire at San Francisco. Yeah. Because that's where the Joe Montana story was. Mm-hmm. But No. He decided to squeeze a little more out and go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Who, yeah, I like about?
0: Kansas Shitty, though. I think that was a nice it, slip of the it, tongue. It, it,
3: well, <laughs> it's, it's always been there. Uh, <laughs> hey, i have up A-C. in Denver. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and at the time, they were roughly equivalent to what the Jets are today. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were a backwater nothing team. Uh, and and he 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 just he burned his entire legacy to the ground and in you know, exactly it, the same way so in a sense this is what quarterbacks do i mean it was,
1: it was interesting hearing. that he was he, he apprenticed under Brett Farr, who also did this crazy shit. Exactly, yeah.
0: and and also involved the Jets as well. You got to remember, <laughs> right? Favre went to the Jets before he went to the Vikings. I believe. I yeah, think I'm yeah, right least, about that. At,
1: at least Rogers didn't go to the Vikings. No, that we I, had to just. I don't think it was the Jets.
3: I think it was the Eagles.
0: No, uh, uh-uh. Farve Favre went to the Jets.
1: Did he um, think, was it no it wasn't was it it wasn't New Orleans was it it wasn't yeah, no, was no somebody it was okay. we're on
0: the internet somebody looked that up
1: <laughs> somebody um, look it up but the Hi.
0: the thing for me was um you know the,
1: the,
0: we've got this it's we've got a quarterback problem we we've got these guys who you know and for all the good that Rodgers did in Green Bay We're starting to hear. Oh, yeah. But we're starting to hear that his manners in the his way of doing things in the clubhouse with other players, what he was very top down, you know,
1: he he took that idea of I'm the leader
0: to its to its extreme extent
1: you know Um, it was it didn't start off that way either because that was the problem with Brett Farr and the beautiful thing about watching Rodgers play for us up here was that (laughs) really for like the last six seven years Farr just went out and just did what he felt like yeah and when Rodgers got out there it was like there was a whole team on the on the field right and then but now this last like the last four years Rodgers started pushing the ball you know you know anyway you know
0: yeah, and for me, and it's interesting, too, because we've also seen this, of course, with Tom Brady. Now, I'm one of these people who, you know, when you're looking at, speaking of going back to nerding, when you're looking at statistics, it is absolutely unarguable that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback who has ever played the game of football. Um, you know, the the, the next greatest, as much as I might have loved, statistically, <laughs> um, as much as I might have really loved, uh, you know, the 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 Montana years in San Francisco and even as a packer I I enjoyed watching Joe play I got to see Joe play uh when when the Packers were still playing a couple of their home games in um, Milwaukee uh, County uh, Milwaukee. Stadium yeah. okay I got to see I got to see him play uh arguably you have to go all the way back to really Johnny Unitas Joe Namath that yeah. those kinds of serious marquee impact players Right. But those guys, for as much ego as they might have had,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it wasn't the biggest thing in the room. Mm-hmm. Right. Something right. shifted around about the Farv years. You know, I mean, and, and for us Packer fans, you know, all we got to do is think back to the guy before Fire, Farv, oh. who was Don Mikowski.
1: Um, Don, poor guy. Um, and You're he's like,
0: right. that's, that's sweet that's, guy. That, that,
1: that yeah.
3: really, you make a very good point. There, There was a pivot point somewhere. Uh, along the way, where uh, the NFL became all about, okay, who's 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 your superstar quarterback?
0: Yeah, who's and, who I mean, who is your franchise guy? And yeah, I and 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 I mean, know. they came up with the franchise title for that very thing.
3: Yeah, and 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 the thing, you know, you can go down the list. You know, in Dallas, it it was Tony Romo. You know, for whatever oh, Don, reason, the guy Don, couldn't hit anything. But Don uh, Meredith, you know, man. right, Uh,
1: But I was also going back in time. And And, and Roger Staubach, those guys.
3: Before Tony Romo, I will say Dallas did have a real quarterback who was really good and really fun to watch. And generally a good guy, not this biggest ego-in-the-room kind of quarterback. And that was Troy Aikman. Oh, Uh, exactly.
0: No, Aikman, I still – he's one of my favorite color. He's still one of my favorite color guys because – He's not Mr. Personality, and I think he's aware that he's not Mr. Personality. And so he just really, every once in a while, he'll throw a joke out there, and it's good, and it's fine. Um, But, and, and you know, when we come back from the break here, I think we can dovetail this all together into a slightly more substantial talk about nerddom, because God knows there are football nerds. Hmm. Um, Right, a little bit. But tell you what, we will do that break right now. Uh, and uh, come back on the other side and we'll talk some more bullshit because that's exactly what's on the plate today, minus my ribeye. But we'll be right back in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Bye. back boy this is uh this show's got flow today yeah. and by, yeah. by, by we, flow we I, are on a
3: roll we are uh,
0: flowing. i am looking forward speaking of rolls uh and to touch back briefly on my discussion of ketogenic diets uh my my partner heather and i are doing a new experiment tonight we are making uh keto biscuits out of ready Hardball? for it cauliflower Cl- close no Cauliflower can fuck right off. I am so sick of cauliflower, <laughs> oh my god. Bamboo fiber. Of course. Bamboo fiber. Wow. Exactly. I'm weave uh, you very some very
2: close to cardboard. Good luck. Uh,
0: that's what I was saying. No, um apparently it is friggin miraculous. Oh, okay. Come come our Thanksgiving episode in a month from now. Um, we will be reporting on that because, Chris, you might wind up eating these things.
3: I'm, I was going to say this. Gonna he's going to practice now, head,
1: Chris.
0: Hit in the
2: head with one.
0: Imagine a <laughs> Southern drop biscuit with less than 0. 0.7 grams of
1: carbs per biscuit. Mm, wow. Chewy. But lots of wow. bacon grease, right? That's amazing. Well, if, if you're doing <laughs> it right. Um, bacon well,
0: grease that, oh, by the way that's the other that's the other thing that uh, you put on your steak is coat your steak in bacon grease before you put it on the hot pan
3: so B and G is back on is back on the menu
0: oh yeah exactly oh, nice um, and uh, I found one bean that I can still eat uh, I am not gonna what? be able to make I'm not gonna be able to make red beans anymore I have to make black soybeans Um yeah, yeah, seriously, beans have a very a very high
1: sugar content. really? Um, they're, they're, oh yeah. yeah. They're well, that, that's why they're good for it. That's why I they're, why cool they're that. delicious. Civilization's yeah. alive, Thank yeah. Right.
0: Um let's get back briefly to this idea of nerddom and geekdom. I think we all kind of have our own flavors of that. We're all music nerds to one degree or another. I hope um, that I yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, Where's my
1: other toys, there we go. I, I,
0: the, no, you're not at all, Ty. Certainly. No. Uh, so what I, what I think is interesting about this, though, is that nerddom to me seems to kind of be the other side of the coin to what we were talking about earlier in the show, which is this idea of these, I don't even want to say misinformed, I'm going to say malinformed. These mm-hmm. malinformed nice. people. Who want to be looked at as being some flavor of intellectual, but it's like they're lazy. And the thing about nerddom and geekdom is that it is an inherently unlazy thing to do. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, you know, I mean, that's we, true. We dig that well, rabbit hole is not deep enough. We're making it
1: deeper.
3: And and it 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 brushes up against obsessive behavior.
1: I mean, it can. I mean, do you know the other thing it, it has, though? And I, this is just you triggered my ancient philosopher mode here, which is that it has uh, it has. Yeah, I'm sorry. You always have to apologize for this anyway. No, you, uh, no it, you it, don't. It, that's one of the things that
0: we sell here, man. Does, so happy yeah. with um, it.
1: Uh, uh, it's it's this uh, this the, the reason. Uh, but Chris got it. It's it. But the obsessiveness is like not OCD. It's like the sense of wonder overwhelming. Right. Mm. Yeah. And that's you, good. That's you know, it's good. and. By the, and just so here's the geeky part. I, and this is like my favorite thing. I've been meditating on this now for like 20 years. My favorite line in Aristotle, it's in the metaphysics, and he points out that wonder is what gives us access to the architecture of the universe. Yes. Isn't that and pretty? They-
0: <laughs> and, well and and Sagan famously kind oh. of ran with that. Yeah, of course. And you could tell you could tell that he was directly informed. All those
3: guys had that. View.
1: And there's like this sense oh, of like childhood, right?
3: I mean, one of the one of the earliest lines in episode one of Cosmos is Yeah, he's talking about the danger of nuclear <laughs> winter. And he says, But we're young and we're inquisitive. Inquisitive. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and and we I, have great potential. I miss his optimism so much. I do, too. It feels like, yeah, I was just going to say it feels deflated. My thing about that in in the same time, and this shows you just how weird a kid I was. Thank you, Mom. I love you for this. Um, Yeah, you were pretty weird. My mom turned me on to Richard Feynman.
1: My mom turned me on to Richard (laughs) Feynman. How does that even, yeah, because he's like the the paradigm gold standard for this. He's the
0: OG science educator.
1: Bongo I mean, uh, player, two right? throat singer. Exactly. If yeah.
0: And, 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 and that, that whole thing.
1: It's interesting that some people
2: find science so easy and others find it kind of dull and difficult. It, especially kids, you know, some of them are just eat it up. And I don't know why it is. It's the same, perhaps, for all subjects. For instance, lots of people love music and I never could carry a tune. And uh, it's, I lose a great deal of pleasure out of that. And I think people lose a lot of pleasure who find science dull. In the case of science, I think that one of the things that make it very difficult is it takes a lot of imagination. It's very hard to imagine all the crazy things that
0: things really are like. Uh, and, and not only that, thank you for bringing up Tuva. That's
1: That's a rabbit bo- hole.
0: That's the book my mom gave
1: me. <laughs> oh, dear. Which,
0: you know, in the whole story <laughs> of him... And his crew going, we need to, to do something." <laughs> and you know, this was at the time too, when Feynman had <laughs> was knew that he had cancer. Mm-hmm. and no, we, we and, and that whole story came from a stamp. Did you right. realize? that came right. from a stamp because somebody in that group, and it might have been Feynman, I'm not actually remembering it, but um, had a cancelled stamp from tuva and they all went where the fuck is tuva yeah and the immediate answer was let's go find it how do i
1: how do we they had didn't they have to had to create a conference to go to tuva so they could justify it it yeah
0: exactly they had to get invited to tuva because it was it was controlled by by the soviets at the time
1: soviets and
0: i believe and uh that that idea, and you're right, Mark, it does kind of at times touch upon the obsessive, which I think is interesting because if you think about all your seriously nerdy friends... Most of us, to one degree or another, are probably somewhere in that neurospicy that camp. Well, be. and I'm
3: gonna I'm gonna slather a little bit more nerdiness on Richard Feynman because you, as you were talking, was, I just had entry. Entry. No, wait, it has
2: been nothing but double entendres all the way down the line. I think we're Let's I think we're into we're,
3: into, we're into we're into triple <laughs> yeah, poor, entendres poor Ty now. Poor is over here just, yeah. just
2: just going. Oh my
3: God, what are these guys slather on, today? Chris? Slather yeah, on. slather on, <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, while you were talking, I had the most <laughs> wonderful, delicious, utterly useless insight. Richard Feynman is the real world Buckaroo Banzai.
2: Buckaroo president's calling about, is everything okay with the alien space club and planet 10, or should we just go ahead and destroy Russia? Tell him yes on one and no on two. The Adventures of Buckaroo
0: Bonsai.
3: Which was yes, destroy
0: Russia or uh, number two. Oh, I would stretch for that. Yeah, okay. I mean, you're right.
3: He is. He is. He is as close to Buckaroo Banzai as we could possibly get. And I mean, I, uh, there, right there. I mean, talk no, about he,
1: nerd. He film. wasn't a race car driver. He, who even but about no.
3: Buckaroo Banzai nowadays?
0: I was it, just going it, to say. There's a link in the description for all our younger followers who have. Why no did they, they never make a
1: follow-up movie,
0: buddy? that sequel. film If you have not, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was so ahead of its time. Right. It's somebody crying out there. <laughs> nice. I caught that just out of this ear. Um,
3: Excuse me. Uh, is someone out there not having a good time? And,
1: uh, so is somebody, somebody crying out there?
0: <laughs> this, this, this idea of nerddom, you know, a, a lot of it did spring up. Once us nerds started to understand that our time was coming, you know, when when we were and really are, you know, you're Mark, the 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 boomer generation kind of started to have a little bit of this. It really started happening more with us in the Gen X era. A lot more.
1: And it's like I can remember when being a nerd or a geek was like a bad thing. And those of us who were like I was like a theater um, uh, music geek. Right. In high school. Yeah. Same. Yeah. But it was like. You know, we were not the jocks, but I did go to a school where it was like harder to get onto the choir than it was to get on the football team. <laughs> yeah. So there was that. You but it's you like, I think it was the, like the 80s is what I'm really thinking as it started to come up. Hey, revenge of the, the and, and fact, re- revenge of
3: the nerds. And in fact,
2: revenge of the nerds going into the into the mainstream and just being part of our consciousness helped us
0: i think that was i think that was the first hole in the dam yeah that was
3: that was a real touchstone moment and you're on to something good here ty because i i i feel like i felt the turn it was revenge of the nerds and then real you genius know, i was yeah, a was real a, genius right. i was a real you know you you guys are in the movie space i you know i was very much a television kid and so there was head of the class oh. which, right you know howard has been teaching a class full of nerds which mm-hmm. which is normal it, 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 that wasn't elevating it was
0: normalization it was it was normalizing it i would but agree then, with you there
3: but then what I feel was was the real touchstone turning point where I felt a really palpable cultural shift. I mean, like like cataclysmic cultural shift was friends. Because Wow, I with, would not have
0: gone there. I, I would have, gone, because I would
3: have gone the to central to meet, character right? was Ross Gellert.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay. Here, huh. I will, I will grant you that there was some representation there. I am more along with Ty. Um, my things, and really where I felt the shift, oddly enough, was Doogie Hauser MD. Yeah, maybe. Ah.
1: Where yeah.
0: it was, it was allowing somebody who was obviously neurodivergent, who was obviously not just a kid. Um, and, Showing him having just normal kid issues to deal with, but at the same time having advanced way faster than anybody else. And then, like you were saying, Ty, freaks and geeks. Um, oh even God! So what he, a
3: brilliant show! Oh and yeah, look at, look at look at how many careers that show launched.
0: Right, <laughs> you got you got Seth. You've got uh, yeah, every, everybody all, that, of them. Yeah, all of them, everybody on, on that cast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And why that show only? Because I think there's only like thirty. Two episodes. Well, what that was
3: to do with. Yeah, that, that was one of those brilliant, brilliant kickoff things like, uh like Dazed and Confused, which and, also launched some
0: major careers. And one of the things that I think High times at Ridgemont. Right. Exactly. Ridgemont, yeah. Um, one of the things because now we're all saying, well, why didn't these things last? I think, hi, Boomer. Oh, it's Trixie uh, here. Oh, uh, hey, I'm Trixie. Sorry, approach. the <laughs> other dog. <laughs> Boomer just can't be bothered with our bullshit anymore. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, one of the things we're all saying is, you know, why didn't Freaks and Geeks last? Why didn't Parker Lewis can't lose? Last? Oh
3: my God. That's You're a, right? that's a callback. Oh, no. And Holy I, think,
0: shit. I think that's because they were the first Well, huh, they were the first up against the wall when the revolution came mm. and we were more inclined to look at people like Michael J. Fox on television, and oh, and see how it, ties,
1: man. Yeah, you see got how hand, it hand, yeah,
0: right? see how it's integrating into into what culture wanted everybody to see it as, mm-hmm. which is your intellect gets you money, Wall Street, all this stuff, all these other, that for lack a of a better term. way of saying it, yeah. all, all these other niche things came and went. But what's interesting to me is that their impact lasted and yeah then- i
2: was just gonna say i was just gonna say so like uh the things that didn't last and we can't re- you know there's there's freaks and geeks uh serenity
0: right <laughs> wow. Firefly, sure. yeah uh,
2: you know those kinds of things those are the things that are the equivalent to a velvet underground album.
3: yes yeah, and and and, and, and oh, I, they sweet. only had
2: one album, but the,
3: everybody wow. that you aim to misbehave. To it, it, <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Well, and and I would submit to you That's that awesome that all of these things that we're talking about that didn't last that that we wish had lasted maybe even just a little bit longer, you know, that we could have squeezed because we were so connected with it, right? Uh, we were well, at uh, least
0: a, a segment of us were, uh, yeah.
3: yeah. But. Uh, the, I would submit to you that maybe those things didn't need to last. Maybe they were going because they had made their mark. They had done,
2: they had done what they They'd needed the to job. do. Yeah. And kind of Okay. Move on. Yeah. And Chris, you have a, you have a very good point because you know, if let's say that the velvet underground had more than one hit album, right. Right. It would have taken away from that. Um, Lightning strike kind of, yeah. And the meteoric just impact that it had. I agree.
1: And 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 so now, so the the follow-up, right, is that um, once these things happen, they are appropriated uh, by the mechanisms of the economy and diluted and turned from real food into fast food.
3: I was thinking about,
1: it. I was going back to, so like the pre-internet days this is, this seems like it might have been a different civilization i guess it was might it was have been a where, different universe you got lost uh, in the library by you find a book in the library and you just that you weren't looking for and then you end up sitting on the floor in the library yeah, looking at or you know those 1930s vintage National Geographics. Oh yeah, or, baby. You know, even if you're looking through like the old World Book or the you know the, the Encyclopedia Britannica or something, and you just end up wandering around in there, it's like it's like what you could do today with Wikipedia, right? But instead, what people do is they doom they doom scroll instead, right? Yeah, and because it's all easy to digest and no, there's no, no chewing the doom
2: involved. Yeah, there's no is work. Socially yeah. engineered, yes. right? These guys yes. have gotten really savvy. The algorithm, social engineering, yeah. what the brain wants—that dopamine hit—and mm-hmm. how yep. to, to make you come back for another. It's the one. same as
1: like it's the same as, as uh, engineering the taste of McDonald's French fries.
0: Exactly right. right. It's a yeah. non-food that is chemically designed to uh, to to stimulate every single thing that you've got in your system. That's gonna make you buy more.
1: Oh, did you and, read my thing about Tang and orange juice and porn? Yep,
0: exactly oh, the porn? same. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. Link, link in the description. Um, Put my th- Substack in there. I would absolutely. By the way, yes, everybody, go subscribe <laughs> to the Motley Cow. My God, if you want, if you <laughs> want a weekly dose of painful reality that will make you feel better about the rest of your existence, the Motley nice. Cow is the place to be. There's actually yeah, new material for paid I, for in the confirm. paid firm.
1: Thank you. And Chris is one of our paid, they're actually paid subscribers now, which is freaking me out a little bit. And I crossed a threshold. So I'm adding, I'm adding a weekly moo now. Yeah. Which, uh, for the paid subscribers.
0: Um, And yeah, they, they, uh, you know, this, <laughs> this whole thing, this whole thing actually does kind of neatly go back to uh, talking about those metrics that I was talking about, about on YouTube and this mm. idea of, am I an influencer or, you know, I don't call myself an influencer. I call myself an educator. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the thing to me that is different than it was when we were kids sitting in the stacks, right. Uh, looking yeah. through old books is what's changed now. And of course, both of our generations uh, they first started accusing mm. of the, uh, us of this, and now it's really happened, and that is our attention spans have dwindled to the point where the most popular thing on the largest social media platform on earth, which is YouTube, the most popular trend right now is content under 60 seconds.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's to compete with... TikTok.
0: TikTok. Exactly, which pioneered it. And I can tell you right now, um, I and by the way, uh, dear viewers and listeners, you will be getting more content from us because um, artificial intelligence has made it to the point where I don't have to make my own shorts anymore. I simply point artificial intelligence to the short. It reads all the dialogue. It cuts out the best visual parts. It puts in subtitles for free. So- I'm very aware. I did four shorts out of some of my most recent videos. What were you using, Andy? I was using. A... I, I don't want to. I don't want to advertise the platform. Never mind. I, it's not a bad thing. It's just I don't get any kickback from it. Right. So fuck sure. them. Fuck yeah. you, robot. Um, <laughs> yet, yet. But um, right. I uh, I did a number of shorts today and just slapped them up there. And one of my shorts already. Back when I checked about an hour and a half ago. In ten minutes, got two hundred and fifty plus views. Jesus. That never happens for me ever because I'm so niched down. There are not two hundred and fifty people on this earth who are interested in me lucking out and scoring a really expensive microphone. And yet, <laughs> and so it's the, the 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 dynamic tension between wanting to be informed, mm. but only wanting to be informed in sixty second bites.
2: I'm. I'm interested in, in how the industry because it always comes down to the industry, right? Right. It always comes down to the to does. the firm. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, um, I'm wondering how they're
0: getting a cut out of this. Um it's 60 it's,
2: seconds isn't a
0: lot, man. No, but 60 seconds times 5 million views. Some of these views are so high. I mean, you know, they just changed the monetization level on YouTube. Back when I first started, you needed to have a 1,000 followers and 4,000 watch hours in order to become monetized. And monetization is just a fancy way of saying when if you're not a YouTube premium subscriber, you wind up seeing a little ad at the beginning or in the middle of a video. Okay, now they've changed it to where you need 500 subscribers and 3000 watch hours. Now on my booth camp channel, which is linked somewhere, um, I passed 500 uh, subscribers about a month and some ago. Um, I still don't have the views to get monetized, but I put out a video and I'll I'll link it up here. Um, I've made the conscious decision to not get monetized on YouTube because I mean, part of it's ethical, the other part of it though is that there, there come content creation limitations, what you can say and what you can't say. Right, um, and and then right. YouTube the platform dangling over your head demonetization because of certain things that you do. Oh, yeah. I'm Gen X, baby. I don't want people telling me what to do.
3: Well, yeah, I, I think what you're seeing is the hook inside of the worm. And 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 it's kind of like it's kind of like, yeah, you don't want to be caught. Um because, yeah, once you cross that Rubicon into monetization, you are you have basically allowed yourself to be taken hostage.
0: Yeah, and the interesting thing about it is, you know, when I was telling you guys what the number levels were, um, if you are just doing shorts, and you'd think nobody would be able to make a career out of doing shorts, right? The number, one of the number one people on YouTube does exclusively shorts and brings in about uh, $80,000 to $100,000 a month in ad revenue. And that's, we just, nobody wants to slow down. And that's one of the reasons why as we go out here, I encourage all our viewers and listeners, look, there's, you know, a handful of you that follow us here on YouTube and have been supporting us and thank you to everybody who's done so. Do that for other content creators. Do that for people. I mean, look, Mark Rober doesn't need my help, okay? Um, Adam Savage and Tested don't need my help. (laughs) Uh, what, What needs help is making sure that YouTube, the largest social media platform on earth, where at any given moment, one quarter of the population of the globe is watching YouTube. Wow. Really, seriously, two plus billion people at any given moment are watching YouTube. Make sure you support those content creators who do longer form stuff. People Mm. like uh, Eric over at Hand Tool Rescue, who's one of my favorite (laughs) channels, watching him break down an old washing machine and bringing Mm. it back to life. Or, you know, people who are literally putting something out there. Rick Beato, thank you. uh, You're absolutely right.
3: Yeah, that's, that's rich and meaningful to you as a viewer. And, and and here's the thing that, that I want to add to what you're what you're saying, Andy, is is by supporting. I mean, it's not just support them to feel good. It's not no. just support them to keep them producing stuff. This Help is, them
2: fight the as, man as a
3: viewer. And I'm I am talking straight to you, the audience, right now, this moment. Uh, God, I feel like I'm on PBS. Um, <laughs> it's starting to this, sound that way too. This is your agency. To, yeah. if this is your opportunity to control or to at least contribute a little sliver of influence in into some what, way. What information finds its way into the cultural bloodstream?
0: I and, could not agree. If, I if, could like, not misinformation agree more.
3: Information and disinformation. This is how you do it.
0: Yeah, what we've got to. So, we've, by. yeah, we, there you go. Exactly. Call now. I do that for a living. We, uh, we are at this weird inflection point where. You know, the old terrestrial model of broadcasting is dead. The networks are literally dying. (laughs) But we've got something that stepped in to fill that vacuum. And in my mind, it's actually better. This is, and I hate to say it, but this is like if Wayne's world got to grow up and turn into something for real. That's your Rick Beato. Rick Beato, you want to talk about tying this all back into nerddom. Where do you go as a nerd when you are looking for instant gratification in order to learn something? You don't even go to Wikipedia. You don't search on Google. You go to YouTube. I've gone to YouTube in order to discover how to break into my own truck because I locked the keys in the car three times. I've, I've gone to YouTube to do brain surgery on my dryer. It, it, right? Exactly. Support Andy. those people. Support that type of information. That's how you combat the misinformation, is by supporting these people who are actually taking the time, putting in the effort in order to give you something that's got meat on the bone, not just this fluff. Yes, and, and absolutely. And Andy,
3: on that note, I am going to throw out one more great movie nerd callback and ask you to take us out if you can i mean check the licensing check we'll check, check. check the rules if you can take I like us a challenge. out on, on on everybody knows by leonard cohen because what we're living <laughs> oh, this yeah. is the real world vision of of pump up the volume i we are living it and this is it
0: Chris, I gotta say, it's been two plus years and six plus seasons, but you've nailed this episode ending perfectly. And with that, we are the hats. This is Keep Your Hat On. I'm Andrew. That's Chris. That's Dr. Mark. That's Ty. Do us a favor, like, click, subscribe, please. We are not even asking for your financial support right no. now, but I'm working no. on tote bags, um, but, speaking of PBS. If you did want to give us financial support. If you did want to give us some financial support, our Patreon link is down in the show right notes. There. We are the Hats, as we said, and as always is the case when we come to a ending, either a crash or a nice soft landing like Chris gave to us this time. Keep your hat on because, as this episode above pretty much all else has proven, we may end up miles from here. Thanks a lot, everybody. Take care. See you next time. Get your new booster shots, please. And we'll talk, talk to you again hard. soon. Yeah, talk hard. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> well, there's wow. another chunk of time you can't give back. From Port Leno again in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this has been Keep Your Hat On, a big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is a Now Band Broadcast Network production in association with Andrew Scott Media. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Robert Anthony and Christopher Vacano, associate producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with help from Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative. Christopher Vacano webmaster. Available on the web at vacanocreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott Media. Available online at andrewscottmedia.com. Hey, if you got questions, comments, or topics for the show, why don't you email the boys at talkback at kyhopodcast.com. And don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm the announcer, apparently Richard Cranium. Thanks for listening. I guess. NBBN broadcast network the focus is on you